0: Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study passage of scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you.
1: Well, hello. We're so glad that you are here joining us on this podcast. We're so excited to be doing another one. I'm here with my good friend and brother and partner in ministry, Mike Cleveland. Mike,
2: are you ready? I'm ready, brother. So glad to be with you today. So excited to consider the cross today and all of its power and what it accomplishes in our hearts and lives. So thanks for doing this, and I'm ready.
1: Amen. So we are going to take a look at Isaiah 51 today, uh, verses 1 through 6. And just a quick uh, background. Isaiah 50 is uh, in regards to Israel's sin and the servant's obedience, and so now as we look at uh, Isaiah 51, it's uh, the Lord's comfort uh, for Zion. So, Mike, would you like to read, uh, start us off by reading verse 1?
2: Okay, I sure will, and I'm going to read out of the NLT today, the New Living Translation. It says, Listen to me, all who hope for deliverance, all who seek the Lord. Consider the rock from which you were cut, the quarry from which you were mined. And Eric, as I think about this passage, I see it in two different ways. The first way is this is written to the nation of Israel. And they're told here to look back, to consider where they came from. They're told to look at this rock from which they came, this hole from which they were digged out of. It was a dark hole, a dirty hole. Uh, it talks about in verse 2 to consider Abraham, who was an idolater, and Sarah, who was a daughter of Eve. And this was a slave nation. Uh, they came from slavery, they came from a dark and deep and dirty hole. Uh, and they're to remember this in light of the salvation that is about to be shown. And so he's setting this up by having them look back at their past. But Eric, there's another way to look at this. Hmm. And I think this is what you are wanting to get to as I am. <laughs> but for believers now, what does this passage say to us? Look at the rock from which you were cut, hmm. uh, the quarry from which you were mined or did, dug out from, the rock of Christ crucified. From which your heart was cut. Yeah, I think this is the way you wanted to look at it as well. Am I right?
1: Yes, brother, absolutely. Because I get so excited when I look look at this. And the ESV it says, "Look to the rock from which you were hewn, which is to be cut or pierced." Uh, and you know, and so, and and to the quarry from which you were dug. It's like we were down. We were a stone deep down in that darkness, uh, Mike. We were a stone with our stony hearts. And yet um, Jesus pulled us up from the quarry uh, as he was lifted up the rock uh, that died for us, brother, the rock that was crushed for us, the rock that was pierced, and the rock that was cut. And we're we're cut from that same mold, brother, when we look to the cross and believe that message. Uh, You know, and and, and it's just so exciting to see um, that this is the comfort. This is what brings comfort, brother, to our hearts, doesn't it?
2: It does. And, and it says to consider the rock. Mm. Uh, and that reminds me of, of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In other words, comfort yourself by considering Christ crucified. Um, and, in other words, he went to the cross for you. He was the rock that was struck. Uh, in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 17, a rock was struck uh, for, the, actually, for the sins of the Israelites. They were murmuring and complaining, and God says, uh, you know, here's a rock, and I'm going to stand by it, and you strike the rock, and water will come out of it, you know, and so you might think of it as, you know, the, the rock at the right hand of the Lord was struck for the sins of the people. And as it was struck, it poured out living water for them to drink. And here again, we see in Isaiah chapter 51, to consider this rock uh, from which you were cut. Eric, what does it mean from which you were cut?
1: Well, when we believed the message of the cross, brother, when we hear by faith this message, this one message, this powerful message, uh, that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that he was buried and that he rose on the third day. Brother, that cuts our hearts. And, you know, it's so amazing to think that our heart of stone uh, is is taken out at that moment. And we're given a heart of flesh. And You know what's uh, interesting, Mike, is you know, when we were down deep into that uh, quarry, We were dead and we were stones, but now we raise up, God removes the stone out of our heart, and we become living stones. And so uh, that which was dead has now been crucified and raised to life, and we're all being built up now as living stones together. It's just wonderful to think about and talk about, brother.
2: Amen. I love that, that it's the cross itself that cuts us. You know, we were cut from the rock. In other words, taken from it, but we were also cut by the rock. Uh, our hearts, as you just mentioned, I love how you said that, were replaced. Mm-hmm. Our our sinful, stony, dead, impure heart was impure cut heart out. Cut. And mm-hmm. what was replaced was a heart of flesh. And now we have a living heart. Now we have a loving heart. Uh, and so this is really what happens as we consider the rock, is that we are cut uh, from, from this rock. We're cut by this rock. We're healed by this rock. He's the rock of our salvation. He's the rock that was cut and wounded and crucified for you so that you could have a new heart of flesh. I love this message, Eric.
1: Amen, brother. This is the message with power. Uh, and this is uh, the message, message that changes the heart and therefore changes the person uh, forever. And so, you know, this is the only message that we want to deliver from setting captives free because it's the only message that has the power to change uh, who you were into who you can become in your identity, uh, which is to be cut from the rock. And so um, this is the message that we always want to proclaim. And this is the message that we love to proclaim because it's the message that lifted us up Uh, It's the message that gave us hope. It's the message that comforted us. And it's the only message and the reason why um, we can love others now, the way Jesus loved us um, as he was giving up his life on the cross for us. And so now if we move on to to verse 2, verse 2 says, Look to Abraham your father and to Sarah who bore you, for he was but one when I called him. Uh, that I might bless him and multiply him. And when we look to this uh, cross, uh, when we know that Abraham heard uh, the gospel message, it goes through him as one, came to him when he was one, uh, but it came out multiplied, brother, to every nation, didn't it?
2: Yes, and I think that's what he's he's picking up on here is that Abraham started as an idolater he started as as one man uh, and became a great nation but how how did he do it? and the book of Galatians tells us clearly that and actually Romans as well tells us in chapter four, he heard the message of Christ crucified, and he saw the day. Of Christ Jesus, and he put faith in it, and as he put faith in that message, he was considered righteous um, you know Eric he didn't have to obey the law, in fact, the law hadn't even been given then mm-hmm. uh, so that's the point is that when anyone hears this message, uh you know and actually Eric Abraham not only heard it, he displayed it uh mm-hmm. he took his only son. God told him, take your son, your only son, which it wasn't his only son, but God wanted to keep the picture the same. Take your only son whom you love and go to a mountain. I will tell you about a specific mountain on a three-day journey. So this promised son is under a death sentence for three days. Hmm. And he goes to this mountain. And then at the mountain, Abraham takes the wood. And he puts it on top of his son, the very wood that that son was to die on. He puts it on the back of this promised son. And up the mountain, the son goes carrying the wood he's going to die on on his back. And he goes up the mountain. And Abraham takes the fire and the knife, those symbols of judgment and execution. The father's going to execute his own son. And he raises the knife and he's going to plunge it into his son on the altar. And God stops him. An angel says, no, wait, now I know you love me. And so guess what? On the third day, the father receives his son back as from the dead. Mm -hmm. And and he gets him back. And Abraham says, on this mountain, it will be provided. Wait a minute, Abraham. Uh, God had just provided a ram to take the place of Isaac. What do you mean it will be provided as if we were to look to the future to see a provision of God on that mountain? Mm -hmm. Yes, on that mountain, uh, it was provided. The Lamb of God came and carried his own cross up the same hill and died and, and rose again on the third day and the father received his son back on the third day and Abraham experienced this gospel firsthand and he believed it. And as he believed it, he was counted as righteous. And here we are in the book of Isaiah. Think about Abraham, your ancestor. What message did he hear, uh, Eric? What message did he hear that cut his heart, that healed him, that made him into a great nation that he believed and so became righteous?
1: Amen, brother. I, I, I tell you, there there has to be somebody listening right now that had their heart cut and pierced when you were sharing that illustration of pointing forward to cross. How beautiful is that? How he received his son back as from the dead. He believed the message. It was by faith. It wasn't by works. It was completely by faith that he believed the message of the cross Pointing forward to another day, uh, the Lord will provide, as you said. And so if somebody listening, this is how we look to the cross in the Old and the New Testament. And this is the message that has the power to cut and heal your own heart. It has the message to eradicate every single sin, your slavery to sin, to raise you up out of the quarry, to cut you and heal you and to make you completely new setting your desires in a completely new direction where your life will be forever changed and healed. And it's just such a wonderful message to hear. Uh, it is so amazing. It also makes me think about uh, Colossians, how this message is bearing fruit uh, in the entire world, brother. It's, it's bearing fruit in people's lives. People are being changed uh, and completely made different, not by uh, a program, Uh, not by working certain steps, but by hearing this message of the cross.
2: That's exactly right. You're talking about fruit and how Colossians says that this gospel is bearing fruit all over the world. Look at Isaiah 51, verse 3, the next verse. The Lord will comfort Israel again and have pity on her ruins her desert will blossom like Eden, her barren wilderness like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found there. Songs of thanksgiving will fill the air. Um, Eric, think about this description of her ruins, the desert, and the barren wilderness. Brother, this was a, a, a the situation in our own lives. Fruitless, barren, dry, thirsty, a desert desert. There's nothing but cactus and dry ground out there. There's no fruit at all. And this is what he's saying the past for the nation of Israel was like. But it's also the same past that we had when we were just living to gratify the lusts of our flesh. We were in a barren wilderness, brother. We were thirsty all the time. And so we look to these other things to quench our thirst. We looked in in so many different areas because why? We were a desert. We were dry and barren and dead, but something happened. The Lord came with this message, this message of Christ crucified, buried, and risen. And this message, when we put faith in it, when we believed it, It began to flow like a river in the desert. It began to produce fruit in our hearts and lives. And what happened? Joy and gladness. Songs of thanksgiving filled the air. I want to praise the Lord, Eric. I want to sing right now because Christ died for me. He suffered for me. And not for me, only for you. For someone listening right now who feels that their life is a barren desert. It is nothing but a thirsty land. Hear this word right now for you, yourself. Jesus became a barren desert. He became a dead, empty, dry ground for you. On the cross, he took your sin, which is always associated with a barren desert. He took all your wrongs. He made amends for them. He died in your place. And now receive this message. And as you receive it, Eric, what happens in the heart when they receive it, according to this verse? Oh, my goodness.
1: Yes, your heart is filled with joy and gladness and thanksgiving and voices of song and worship and praise and on and on we go, brother. We're lifted up (laughs) no longer in the desert. We're no longer in the wilderness. Uh, We're no longer empty and fruitless and hopeless, brother. We uh, we just filled with so much joy. Before this podcast, we were we were just sharing the cross together, and, and we were filled with so much joy, and and um, and it was just a wonderful time. We were wondering why we didn't record a pre-podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just yeah. it's so amazing to to consider where our lives were, and at the cross where our lives and what your lives can become in Christ, because He shed His blood for you and rescued you out of that desert wilderness. And it's just incredible that it would be made like like Eden, like the garden of the Lord. That is such an amazing transition, an amazing comparison to see the wilderness and desert back to the garden of the Lord. And and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize how much joy and how, how much better that is and uh, just to consider the way it's uh, worded here, is it brother?
2: Yeah, it's almost like he's saying doom and gloom will re- be replaced with joy and gladness. Uh, mm-hmm. Brother, you can probably remember in your past this doom and gloom, this dark cloud that descended upon you, that made you blind, that just filled you with with animosity, with discouragement that was thick like a cloud, doom and gloom, uh, no hope for the future, Uh, Not having any input from the Lord, just dry and barren and and like a, a wilderness wasteland. But through this message, see, this is what we keep coming back to because it's so important. Through this message of Christ crucified, of the blood that he shed, of the atonement that he made, of the wrath that he absorbed for you when you believe it, Eric, when you believe it, when you simply exercise faith, when you hear it and you say, against all odds, I'm going to embrace this message. Mm-hmm. Uh, people around me may say it's not for me. Others may take it away from me. But no, I'm reaching out my arms and latching onto it. I'm putting faith in it. What? happens. The Holy Spirit comes in, and with the Holy Spirit, guess what you get? The fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, gentleness, and all the fruit begins to be manifested in your life. Doom and gloom replaced by joy and gladness, and uh, brother, it is something to experience, isn't it?
1: Yes, it sure is. And that fruit is flowing out of your heart like a river too, isn't it, brother? Yes. It replaces all the evil that once flowed out of our evil hearts. And now at the cross, our hearts uh, that were cut and healed and replaced flow out just like you said, the love and joy and peace and patience and like a river. And it flows out to anybody. And it flows out to everybody. And, uh, you know, we're no longer... Flowing out evil out of our heart. And it's just, it's amazing. And so uh, let's pick it up here. And I'm going to read Mike verses four and five together due to time. And we can talk about this before we close. But verse four says, Give attention to me, my people, and give ear to me, my nation, for a law will go out from me, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. My righteousness draws near, my salvation has gone out and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands hope for me, and for my arm they wait. Brother, this is just so gospel-rich once again, isn't it? We see that uh, his arms, the salvation goes out, his righteousness is near, his arms will judge the peoples, and I, I can see Jesus Christ judging the people with his arms stretched out on the cross, and they're being judged, but nothing happens to them. It's Jesus receiving all the judgment. It's Jesus receiving uh, the death penalty that we rightfully deserved, brother. But but he is there on the cross with his arms stretched out, loving us. This is the comfort that salvation is bringing. This is the judgment and the justice that's coming. And brother, this is uh, just something remarkable and wonderful to talk about.
2: Yeah, I love how you described his arms stretched out on the cross, receiving, taking our judgment. Um, you know, Eric, God judged you as guilty. He judged me as guilty, and he put us to death. Yeah. And so judgment and justice was satisfied at the cross. Uh, God actually declared himself and showed himself to be a righteous God by putting Christ to death on the cross because he shows that sin should be punished, and sin was punished in the person of Christ. Now, you might look at this verse and say, yeah, the law is going to go out. That's right. The law is what the focus is. But you have to understand this from the New Covenant perspective. For example, in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 2, it says, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so the law was powerless to, the law was holy and righteous, but it was powerless to make you and I holy and righteous. And so mm-hmm. God did something about it and sent his son to be a, a sin offering. Uh, that's what, if you look at the cross, you're seeing the sin offering happen there the sacrifice for sin, the atonement being made. And that actually and really makes you holy and righteous. Mm-hmm. And so. The law of the spirit now goes out from Calvary. The law of the spirit flows out from Calvary, and the gospel is now our law. Mm-hmm. The gospel itself is what we submit to. The gospel, the good news of Jesus' sacrifice, is the law that we are under uh, today in the new covenant,
1: and and that's where we want to be under. That is the anchor. Uh, that is level ground for us, brother. And it is uh, just the only place uh, that I want to cling to. And, you know, I used to cling to uh, my sin in the desert wastelands, but now I just wholly want to cling to the cross, brother. And I know you do too. And just look there and be thankful there and joyful there and worship there. And brother, we know that there's uh, people listening to this podcast right now, wondering, maybe they're still wondering uh, if this uh, gospel in the cross is for them and can free them. And you and I can say certainly so. Absolutely. But Mike, uh, as we bring this podcast to a close, would you maybe encourage them and, and then close us in prayer?
2: Yes, for Sure. Uh, If you're listening to us today and you feel like a barren wilderness, you feel like a desert, you're dry, you're thirsty, you have no hope, you are not experiencing this, what we're talking about, then we have a very simple message for you. Turn and look to the cross. Uh, Just turn and look and see that Jesus became a barren wilderness in your place. He took your sin on himself with all of its weeds and thorns, with all of its dryness and barrenness he took it upon himself and now he gives you his spirit through you putting faith in this message just believe it today just believe it maybe you're listening to us today and the, and for the first time you're going to say yes i believe it's for me and you're going to receive this good news today because along with that you're going to receive the power of the holy spirit and you're going to be quenched You're no longer going to be thirsty. You're going to be flowing with rivers of living water, not dry and barren. You're going to be a river, not a wilderness wasteland. And so by believing this message, you will see everything is going to change in your life. May I encourage you today, if you're listening to this podcast and you said, yes, I'm going to put faith in the good news of Jesus Christ crucified. Would you write us? Write to us at helpdesk at settingcaptivesfree.com. That's one word, helpdesk, at settingcaptivesfree.com. And just say, today I believed the gospel message. I believed and I received the Spirit of God today. Let's close in prayer. Father in heaven, we have come before you today to see how you comfort your people. You comfort your people By taking their sin upon yourself, by dying in their place, by removing their sin, by making, exchanging them into, from a barren wilderness wasteland into a river uh, flowing with all this goodness. You've made us fruitful by believing this message. And Lord, I pray right now for someone listening, would you encourage them to push past their doubts? to push past their sin, to push past their guilt, push past their fear, and open both arms just as Jesus opened both arms on the cross, and they're nailed open to receive us. Lord, help them today, help someone listening to embrace the message of the cross, to say with Eric, I will cling to the old rugged cross and someday exchange it for a crown. And this we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.